Podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. Running a cultural institution in 2022 is far different than even it was 10 years ago. Here to talk about his vision for the continuing transformation of the Akron Museum of Art, or the Akron Art Museum, I should say, which is celebrating its centennial this year, is the museum's new executive director, John Fumi. John is an Akron native. He took over as interim director in May of 2020, and the museum announced his appointment as permanent director in February of this year. Always pleased to welcome a fellow John Carroll Blue Streak to the podcast. Thanks for being with us, John. Ah, thank you, Dan. Glad to be here. Bring us up to date. There was a fire at the museum on Sunday, March 6th. I, I obviously, or fortunately, no one was injured, but bring us up to date. Was there damage to the collection? What happened? Yeah, well, first of all, no damage to the collection, and certainly no one was harmed. So I'm really happy about that. Um, yeah, we did have a minor incident on, on Sunday with a, a disturbed individual, individual, I should say, who came into the museum and started a fire in one of the bathrooms. Uh, and they were apprehended. The staff did a great job in managing the situation. Again, the collection was safe. Um, everyone is doing well. Uh, all of our protocols were followed and just one of those unfortunate situations. But um, again, we're back open. Everything is, we've had a phenomenal week since then and hopefully we'll continue to do so. Good news. You've had a long involvement in the arts in the Akron area. You were public arts commissioner for the City of Akron Arts Program. You served in board leadership for a number of things. You've worked with the Knight Foundation, the Akron Arts Challenge. What led to your interest in art before all of this happened? Was it something you were always interested in growing up? Yeah, I'd say growing up, always definitely always interested uh, in art, uh, specifically design. Uh, I'm not an artist by any means. I was never didn't really have a proclivity uh, to be that creative. But I've always just really loved modern and contemporary designs and abstracts and things of that sort. And so since then, um, have uh, built um, you know, my own collection, both with local artists and, and uh, nationally known artists, and just really have a deep appreciation for you know, what I call the understanding of art on one, uh, one's own um, development and how, in, how important it is to a society, to a culture, uh, that it's not just strictly uh, something that should just be uh, pushed to the side or ignored. Uh, certainly important in the education system, uh, in an economy, all of that. So I'm, I'm very fortunate through all my volunteer time has been in the arts and culture sector. Before you took over as the director of the art museum, you were working outside the art field. What were you doing before and how did that lead to you becoming director? Sure. So um, prior to this, I was the chief operating officer for Mustard Seed Market and Cafe. Uh, at the time, they had three locations, one in Solon, two in the Akron area. I sized down that organization, and I thought it was a good time to pass it on to the second generation. I still have a wonderful uh, working relationship with the family that owns Mustard Seed. But I was there for six years, and then prior to that, I was vice president of operations for what was known at the time as Ritzman Pharmacies. And that was a local pharmacy chain of approximately 26 uh, pharmacies all throughout Summit, Wayne, and Medina counties and really enjoyed my time there as well. Um, as I mentioned, most of my volunteer time has been in the arts and culture sector. So I spent 10 years on the board of the Akron Art Museum from 2005 until 2015. So definitely had some, familiar, some familiarity with the organization. And, and then when um, our opportunities came about in 2020, the, the board asked me to step in as the interim. That was a tough period for the Akron Art Museum. The director resigned and other staff members resigned because of allegations of sexism and racism and, and other problems. Mm -hmm. How shocking was that for you to, to hear those kinds of things? I know it sounds silly because this happens everywhere, but you think to yourself at an art museum, but it does happen everywhere. Yeah. Well, what it does is it points to the importance of leadership. And it doesn't matter what 
organization, institution, for-profit, non-for-profit, uh, it's all about people, right? And so that's where, I mean, certainly the allegations, all of that was extremely shocking, but, it, but there is truth that um, no organization is going to operate in a healthy way without strong leadership and having that, that priority of maintaining a healthy organizational culture. Those kinds of allegations do damage. They do damage to staff. They do damage to patrons. They do damage to, to, to donors. How did you go about repairing that damage, starting with the staff? Well, starting with the staff was, was definitely my priority. And having a lot of individual conversations, um, being sure that the staff felt as though they could approach me, that their voice matters at the table, that we could start to build some relationships. So we did, I did that both individually, but also collectively with the different departments, as well as the entire staff together. That is ongoing, but it really, it really, what they're what they're doing day in and day out is they're they're looking at the leader's actions, right? So going around and saying good morning and checking in with them and helping them with projects or listening to their ideas. Um, so it's not always in such a what I call a formal approach. Um, I like to call it more of a touch point approach. It's the little details that really make up um, that relationship with the, with the staff. And, um, and then also bringing them together and coaching them along the way on how to engage with other departments and each other. So it's, it's completely ongoing, um, but that was definitely uh, the priority and continues to be. You couldn't take an over at a more interesting time in some respects of May of 2020. You have what's going on at the museum. We're in the middle of COVID. The Black Lives Matter movement is really starting to go. How did you see that in terms of how does the museum react to all of those things, uh, you know, in a way, perhaps uh, an exhibit or, or how, how did you react to all of those things? That, that was a crazy period. Yeah, I, I love that you, you brought all of that together, Dan, because what I told the board, I said, this is the perfect storm. This could not be the, the best opportunity for this organization. And, and although those things that you listed are, were very unfortunate and challenging, um, it, this was our opportunity uh, to what I call to seize the moment of, of really looking at ourselves and saying, okay, how can we participate in a positive way? How can we um, break down some of the barriers that art museums are uh, inherently have? How can we um, rebuild the relationship that we have with community? How can we make sure that we have a focus on diversity and inclusion? Um, accessibility and, and equity. How do we how do we uh, approach all of this? And so, it really set the stage for our transformation plan is how is what we termed it, and it's worked out very well. And so now, diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Uh, we have a formal committee of the board, but it's it's ingrained into our organization. This has become the common thread. It's tied to our curatorial vision. It's tied into our beliefs, um, and so we keep that in mind with everything we do, from programming to exhibitions, so on and so forth. Last summer, the museum made history when it appointed a new uh, senior director. Tell us about him. So that's our senior cur uh, curator. That is Jared Ledesma. And he comes from the Des Moines Art Center. And he um, has, has been here since last summer, has done a great job on getting his hands around the curatorial department, uh, has also been um, making connections with the community. And we're looking forward to even doing more so now that we're open. You have exhibits on view right now. Time, in fact, is running out to see uh, the work of a Cleveland artist named Jordan Wong. He takes us outside yeah. of the museum. So what do we see in 10,000 Things? So 10,000 Things is one of our uh, garden installations. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It's going to run until May 29th. Uh, what it does is it weaves together a lot of inspirations from, from Asian art, uh, historic Chinese paintings, Japanese um, 
manga, uh, anime, video games, comic books, and more. So it's definitely attractive to children. Uh, so, if, you know, from anything from correlations to emojis, things of that sort. Uh, we have a lot of, we have a really cool activity booklet uh, that can accompany, accompany the, the visits where you can pull out different symbols, things of that sort. But it's very positive, very bright colored. And so um, the actual phrase, 10,000 things, is, is a Taoist frame, uh, phrase used to reference and describe the entire universe. So it's really supposed to be all encompassing. And so it's, it's a really cool um, exhibition to walk. Um, the other unique thing is then you can come into the building and in one of our main galleries, uh, you have the opportunity to see how it was all created. And so Jordan Wong is, is known for using digital approaches to creating his, his works of art. And so we have the entire process laid out in the gallery inside the museum. John Fumi is the executive director of the Akron Art Museum. He joins us today for the Landscape of Crane's Cleveland podcast. John, I think for many people, when they think of the Akron Art Museum, one of the things that they think about, it's one of the strongest points of the museum, is its photography collection. Why has that been such an emphasis for Akron over the years? Well, um, it's really unique because, as you know, we're celebrating our centennial, but photography did not enter the collection um, actually until like 1967. And then it really <clears throat> didn't, didn't start taking off until the late 70s, early 80s. And a lot of that is mainly due to our past curator, uh, Barbara Tannebaum, who is actually the curator of photography at the Cleveland Museum of Art, and also our past executive director, Mitchell Kahn. And so they had a proclivity for photography. And so um, they really um, had that, you know, took that time and, and really built the collection in that direction, uh, which is great because it now photography makes up just under half of our entire collection of 7,000 objects. And then in addition, the Knight Foundation in uh, 1991 actually began uh, an endowment uh, for photography, which has allowed us to grow the collection in that way. And then lastly, um, you know, we've been very fortunate for some major donors along the way and, and uh, Fred and Laura Bidwell um, has actually named a gallery specifically for the, for the showing of photography and video. And so all of those things have come together to really make it a, a strong niche in our, in our collection. You mentioned photography. There's an exhibit, Responsibility to Reveal, that's on display that marks the 30 years of the Knight Purchase Award. What do we yeah. see in that? So um, what we see in that is, is certainly uh, sort of a walk through the past 30 uh, years. So that focuses on 21 different photographers, um, 11 of which are international, eight of which are, are um, color, seven are, are female um, artists or photographers. It's 79 um, different pieces in that show. It's a rather large show. And it really is based on um, a quote from James Baldwin. And um, the quote is, the artist is distingu distinguished from all other responsible actors in society by his responsibility to reveal all that he can possibly discover concerning the mystery of the human being. And so the show really embraces that quote. And, um, and then it also gives us the chance to showcase a recent purchase by the photographer Zanelli Muholi, and that's our winner of the 1920 or of the 2022 Night Purchase Award. And Zanelli Muholi is South African. Uh, these are uh, self images. They refer to themselves as they, so it's gender neutral, which is the first in our collection, and and so it's it's just two beautiful, um, outstanding pieces. So it's definitely worth the visit. That show in particular is going to be running through June 5th. So um, definitely, if you have the opportunity to come to come visit and see it, that'd be great. 
I recall an exhibit that was at the Akron Art Museum a few years ago by a photographer named Joe Vitone, who used to live in Akron and now lives in, I think it's Austin. And he comes back every year. He's been doing it for years and taking pictures of his extended yeah. family. And I thought, you know, when we talk, and this, these are mostly working class people, a lot of whom have suffered through the, the Rust Belt issues and, and, you know, have some difficulties. And I thought when we talk about diversity, I thought that was a great example of showing what a community looks like, all of the community. And I, I, I thought that was just a great exhibit. That The notion yeah. of showing a, a diverse community, I think, is something that's become more and more important to a museum. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you think about it, Dan, that's like, to me, that's the purpose of a museum. The purpose of the museum is to really be representational of the community of which it serves. And so it shouldn't be something that any of us, whomever that may be, doesn't feel that we cannot make a connection. And that's what you're going to see in this, in this responsibility to reveal exhibit, this photography exhibit. That's exactly what you're, what you're going to see is um, a lot of the diversity. Obviously, the museum had to close during COVID. In fact, I think, did you have to close twice? Yes. So you're obviously reopened now. How are things going in terms of attendance? Are people starting to come back to the museum? I know it's a slow process. Yeah, so the second time we, we reopened was February of um, 21. And, um, and just, you know, like all organizations, what I call riding the wave of COVID. And now um, we're definitely stronger than ever. And attendance continues to grow, which has been, which has been great. So people, you know, if people continue to feel comfortable coming together, mass requirements are dropped, things of that sort, we're starting to see more and pe- more and more people um, come to the museum. So that's all, that's all real positive. I will say the staff did a great job at, at weathering the storm. Um, and certainly the patience of the, of the general public and our visitors and members has been outstanding as well. Museums are doing more and more things to take advantage of technology to enhance visitors' experience, whether they are in person or they're looking at the collection online. What are some of the ways that you're using things like augmented reality and dig- for your digital outreach? Well, specifically during COVID, uh, we, you know, we pivoted like most organizations to more of the digital world. Um, staff did, did an incredible job at, at doing that. Many people that were in different roles found themselves now writing content for digital, things of that sort. So we did a lot of cross-training. But we definitely took advantage um, specifically of a, we had a grant that we were able to create an augmented reality poster. And so what you did is you scanned the barcode on the poster and then the image of the poster came up on your uh, device, whether that was like a tablet or a phone. Uh, and you were able to pull apart the different pieces of the artwork, color it anyway. So you were able to have a creative experience. And then we distributed the posters throughout the community via probably 25 or so community partners. And that was another way where they could experience the Akron Art Museum at home. So that's been great. Um, in addition, like all organizations were participating on social media. TikTok is our, is our thing right now. Not my thing in particular, but you <laughs> might see me dance on there come the near future. Who knows? Um, but we're up to, you know, we, we're, we're definitely heading towards 10,000 followers and over 600,000 likes. I believe I'm being told that's awesome for us. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, but here's the, the situation is how do we engage in a multitude of ways um, and realize also that the Akron Art Museum uh, doesn't just happen under the four walls of, this, of, the, of the organization, physical walls, but it also comes out to the community. And that is one of the ways where you can, again, experience it wherever you may be. And we're going to continue to look at ways to, to do that. 
the museum's deputy director uh, and chief experience officer, Seema Rao, has really made TikTok her thing. They're great videos. Uh, <laughs> I will let her know that. Well, I, I, again, like you, I think we're one generation, maybe two generations removed from TikTok, but watching, uh-huh. they are fun, but she does a wonderful she job a great of explaining job. what works of art are and why they're important and, and that kind of thing. It's a great way. I mean, you have to invite people in, right? That's exactly it. I cannot agree more. She she does a great job with that. So she's trying to get most uh, others on the staff to um, start to share that that TikTok glory with her. So we'll we'll see where that goes. <laughs> we mentioned the photography uh, component of the collection is one of the strong parts of the Akron Art Museum. Where are some collection areas you'd like to see improved? Um, well, certainly right, right now we you know we have a curatorial vision and we're working really hard at uh, what I call diversifying the collection. So that is that is definitely um, a priority. Uh, make, again, making sure that um, what's in the collection is very representational of the community of which we serve. Uh, during the beginning of the times of the organization, much of the collection, quite frankly, was was artists that were white males. And so um, that's understandable. We get it. But now we know that we should be looking for more diverse artists. And so, again, I go back to Zanelli Mahali, from, who is Black, um, is it, I mean, just ha- adding those two pieces to the collection. There's been a few others, other diverse um, backgrounds, things of that sort. So that's, that is definitely one of the priorities. Uh, certainly um, what I call increasing, what I call collection activity in the garden and the green spaces. So outside, so we mentioned the Jordan Wong, but I like to see um, the, the garden and other green spaces around the museum be more activated with um, either exhibitions or pieces from our collection. And then lastly, I'll just mention the, the importance of a, of a move toward increased digital representation of the, of the collection. And, you know, that is, you know, we're hearing about that certainly, you know, in the media, things of that sort where people are buying digital art, um, but more so how do we continue to take digital and integrate it throughout the entire organization from exhibitions to the collection to programming, so on and so forth. Finally, we mentioned this is the Akron Art Museum Centennial. What are some things you're going to be doing to celebrate this important event? All right. Yeah, we're really excited about that. We'll be celebrating the centennial over the course of two years. Uh, we just publicly launched the centennial last week. And um, we've also introduced a, what I call a bright and bold, colorful logo um, in its honor uh, that actually uses eight different color combinations. So, Dan, if you were here today, you're going to see all these banners around, around the museum and also wraps around the building. Uh, celebrating that, but we're going to be having uh, a special auction celebration fundraiser come June 11th uh, to celebrate. We'll also be continuing to have a concert series during the summer called Downtown at Dusk. That is uh, four free concerts on Thursdays in the month of, of July, I should say. And then we will also come October have a sort of a mystery program um, that takes place that is purposely taking place in the area of uh, the era of 1922, sort of a mystery experience for for the visitors. And then the fall of of 2023, we will have a block party to celebrate as well. So pretty excited. There's a lot going on. Great reasons to celebrate. So we'll be in, we'll be infusing that into every opportunity that we have with with community partners and so on and so forth. John Fumi, thanks so much for joining us today. Congratulations on your appointment to the director, executive director, I should say, of the Akron Museum of Art. And good luck. It's a wonderful cultural institution. It's glad to, glad to hear it's going strong again. Yeah, well, I really appreciate the time, Dan. And when you do have an opportunity, please come visit. Gladly take you on a wonderful tour.
Sounds good. John Fumi is the executive director of the Akron Art Museum. He joined us today for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. So glad you can join us and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.